Welcome to Long-Term Care Radio with Brian Ott. Spend this hour with us learning how you can protect the people you love from the financial, physical, and emotional consequences of an extended health care situation. Because of new state and federal laws, there are new and exciting long-term care planning options available. As a certified long-term care planning specialist, Brian Ott will help you make sense of your options. Now, here's your host of Long-Term Care Radio, Brian Ott. So let me ask you a question. Do you know the difference between a trend and a fad? I actually uh, typed this into Google, and here's what it spit out for me. It said, according to the Cambridge Dictionary, a trend is defined as a general development or change in a situation or in the way that people are behaving. On the other hand, a fad is a style, activity, or interest that is very popular for a short period of time. So today on Long-Term Care Radio, I'm going to talk about trends, uh, specifically trends that we're seeing in the long-term care insurance and the long-term care services out there, and just kind of talk about some of the things that we see developing and going on. But there's also a lot of fads. And, you know, I, I will tell you a trend to me, when you think of a trend, a trend is is something ongoing where people moving out of rural areas to an urban area. That's a trend. And that's been going on for quite a while. And that's going to continue. A fad, I will just tell you a personal experience. When I was going into junior high, my mom always used to save money up. And then we would go school shopping. We'd wait for those back to school sales. And so when I grew up, I mean, we had three sets of clothes. We had our play clothes, we had our school clothes, and we had our Sunday clothes. And you did not mix or match any of those. Those were just the rules. So our school clothes from the year before sometimes would become our play clothes if they were, you know, because they are pretty beat up. But anyway, by the time I got to junior high, my mom, we were going out shopping. And one of the things that I decided I wanted were these big bell corduroy pants. Because that was the style, right? The big bell pants that the, um, the came down and they covered the, the front and the back of your waffle stomper boots. And I decided that's what I wanted. So we were uh, went over to the Pueblo Mall and I bought like three different colors of corduroys, you know, like the brown, blue, and the tan. And thought I was going to be so cool and showed up to school. And I realized uh, I was the only one wearing big bell pants at that point. And apparently... That had gone out of style. So that's a fad, something that is short-lived. And I will tell you that still scars my memory because my mom is forcing me to wear these pants. They're brand new. You just got them. That's what you wanted. And I realized that I don't know when it was that I saw somebody wearing those, but by the time I got to junior high, nobody was wearing them. So that was kind of tough, some tough years. But on the on the trends, let's talk a little bit about that. You know, a, a couple things that have happened recently, um, obviously covid now, when COVID hit, it just really brought awareness to long-term care situations because it hit in the nursing homes. If you remember, the first major cases of COVID that broke out here were in a nursing home in Washington State, and then it went to New York, and you know that debacle there where Como was putting people with COVID back into nursing homes, and then it spread like wildfire and just killed a lot of the most vulnerable people. So... That brought an awareness, and now all of a sudden they had to lock down these nursing homes. A lot of people were trying to get their parents out of those nursing homes and bring them back to themselves, and we saw this huge decline in nursing homes. And we also saw it roll over to the assisted living facilities. This is where they were having breakouts as well, too. They were locking those down, and people were going and grabbing mom and dad out of those assisted living facilities if they could, and they could bring them home. So we saw a lot of assisted living facilities go from, you know, waiting, you know, two, three year waiting list, meaning you've got to wait two or three years just to be able to get an apartment in the facility um, to having vacancies. And that really happened very quickly. But I would say that that COVID was more of a fad on the assisted living facilities because what's happening is is people are starting to move back into those. And we're starting to see the facilities that we're checking in with are starting to fill back up. Now, the nursing homes, we're going to continue to see the number of nursing homes shrink, but that's been a trend that has been going on for years. And the main reason why is because nobody wants to go to a nursing home. And the few people that are in nursing homes, in fact, not few, the vast majority of people that are in nursing homes are, in fact, statistically 80% of nursing home stays are paid by the federal government and the states through Medicaid. And so a lot of nursing homes are just saying we cannot survive on the reimbursement rates that the government is giving us, so they're just closing down. But So I, I would say that that's, more, that's, that's been a trend for a while. But we're starting to see fewer people in those you know, nursing home settings, unless they're forced to be there on Medicaid, 
But the assisted living facilities, the continuing care retirement centers, I think we're going to continue to see those increase in numbers and grow. That's going to be a trend that we have there. Another trend that we're really seeing that's affecting all of us is just the, the, the baby boomers, the aging population. Now, baby boomers are people that are born between 1946 and 1964. And right now, there's over 71 million baby boomers in this country, which is 21% of the population. So think of that as one in five, walking down the street, one, two, three, four, five, one, two, three, four, five. That's a lot of baby boomers. Now, the oldest are turning 76 this year, and that will mean about 10,000 people a day will turn 76 this year. And that trend continues. And what's going to happen if you go out 10 years? Now you're going to say, well, we're going to have the survivors, you know, 9,900 of them are going to be turning 86. Um, and that's going to continue every, you know, think about that, 10,000 a day for 18 years. That's going to be the trend as far as these baby boomers aging into retirement. So <clears throat> we're really starting to see um, that put a lot of pressure on our system. And that is a trend that is not going to go away anytime soon just because of the large number of baby boomers that are out there. Another trend that we're starting to see that is really affecting us, um, and, and this could go trend or fad, because um, the trend has been life expectancy. If we go back to 1970, life expectancy was almost 70 years old. It was right around 70 years of age. That was the expectancy. Today, it is 79, or as of 2019, it was 79. So I just heard some news reports that the last couple of years with COVID, the life expectancy has gone down. But again, I think that is a direct result of COVID and people not getting into doctors. And we're starting to see people dying from um, heart disease and cancer and things like that increase as well, too, just because they weren't getting in there, getting the care that they needed. But the overall trend is we're living longer. I mean, we've gone from... from uh, you know, 70 to 79 in basically, you know, 40 years. But for many of us, this is turning out to be kind of a quantity over a quality uh, issue, meaning that we're living longer, yes, but we don't have a better quality of life. And as we live longer, more of us are subject to diseases that we weren't seeing that much of before. Alzheimer's, for example, we're seeing increasing every year the number of cases but it's because we're living longer. And that's a disease that generally affects people in their later years of life. And so when you live longer, we're going to see more people are going to be expected to have cognitive issues. And in fact, that trend has been pretty steady, the, the increasing amounts. And in 2019, cognitive impairment became the number one trigger for long-term care insurance claims. Prior to that, it was physical impairment, meaning I needed help with two out of six activities of daily living. Um, but since 2019, it is cognitive. So Alzheimer's, dementia, Parkinson's, um, any of these uh, diseases that affect the brain. And so that's a trend that has been just very steady increasing. And so when we put all this together and we add it up, you're starting to see some trends that are going to be with us for a while. You know, more people are going to be needing more care. It's because there's more baby boomers coming on board. They're living longer and they're going to need that care. Now, another trend that is out there is there's less people to provide that care. As our country becomes wealthier, and this has happened all through Europe and the Western civilizations, we have fewer kids. And so where that comes back to bite us is down the road. And so that's where we're at right now. We have fewer people being able to take care of family members, and that's putting the burden on us going out and finding people to hire. And, of course, they're struggling finding those caregivers right now as well, too. So there's less people to provide that care. Um, another trend that we're going to see continue is that the cost of care is going to increase. And part of that is supply and demand. And I, I remember a few years ago, I was listening to a radio show, and it was a nationally syndicated financial advisor. He, he was saying such a, all these advances in medical technology and uh, robots and all these things is going to make long-term care insurance obsolete. And I just, you know, I about wrecked my car. I remember driving, hearing that, thinking, oh, my gosh, this guy is so out of touch with really what's going on. The reality is in a long-term care situation, we need help from others. If we could just replace it with a robot, that'd be great. But we're, you know, we're, we're, we're decades away from that if to, to do that in any meaningful amount of numbers. But the bottom line is because there's fewer people, those people are going to demand more wages. And so just that alone is going to push that cost of care up. If there's more people fighting over the same number of assisted living facilities. That's going to push those rents up. So it's a supply and demand issue. And so, again, governments are really struggling. You know, that's another trend that we're going to continue to see. The governments have been talking about this. They're struggling trying to figure out alternative ways 
to pay for care. And Washington State, if anybody's been listening, you know Washington State was the first state in the nation to pass a statewide long-term care bill. And basically, it was a payroll tax that you had to pay into unless you could prove that you had your own long-term care insurance. And then that payroll tax was going to generate a benefit down the road if you qualified under their terms, which were different than private long-term care insurance. But again, the states are starting to look at that. Now, that program is a disaster. It's been put on hold Um, Anybody in Washington State that's been listening to long-term care radio heard me talking about this for the last year. Complete disaster. It did get put on hold. It is going to be revived, though, and I think 18 months is what they just put it on hold for. But it just it's a signal. The bigger picture is that states are struggling trying to figure out how to fund this ever-increasing line item on their budget, and that's Medicaid, which they split with the federal governments. The federal government is looking at options as well, too. So, again, these are just trends that we're going to continue to see. States, the NAT federal government, they're going to try to figure this out because now they have to with the baby boomers coming on board. And, again, most people just aren't prepared. So that ends up putting tremendous stress on the social welfare program, which is Medicaid. So we're going to continue. Um, I I need to take a quick break. But when we come back, I'm going to continue. I want to talk about some of the trends and what's going on with the insurance carriers and what we can expect to see in the future with how we plan for long-term care. So stick around. I'll be right back. Avoid the mistake of paying unnecessary taxes, guarantee the quality of your care, and preserve your legacy and wealth by setting up your own tax-free long-term care plan. Learn more by attending Brian's free live webinar class. Sign up now at 525longtermcare.com. Hey, it's Story Monson. Welcome back, my friends, Brian and Madeline from 525 Advisors. They took a break last year due to that debacle created by the Washington State CARES Act, you know, the payroll tax on employees for forced long-term care that was basically worthless. The law was so poorly written and created such a mess, most insurance carriers temporarily quit offering plans in the state. But 525 Advisors is back, ready to help protect your family and savings with the best long-term care plans available. They did for my wife and me, and we couldn't be happier. I know everything we worked hard for won't be whittled down paying for long-term care. And most importantly, our girls are protected from the burden of having to care for us. And a great bonus, our plan pays us back if we never use it. So learn about all kinds of important long-term care information and join Brian this Saturday at 10 for Long-Term Care Radio here on 97.3 Cairo FM. Check out his upcoming live webinar schedule, too, at 525longtermcare.com, 525longtermcare.com. Hi, this is Brian Ott with 525 Advisors. Over the years, I've had the opportunity to protect many people and their families with long-term care planning. However, I've also seen how long-term care events devastate families and turn the last years for the family into their worst years. Many people believe the downside from a long-term care situation is limited to financial loss. Yet often, it's the emotional damage that lingers and hurts the family members the most. Watching a loved one go through their savings is one thing, but watching a loved one lose their dignity is far worse. Long-term care insurance provides a dedicated source of funds to help pay for your care when you need it. But more importantly, it provides you with a team of trained professionals that will help you and your family manage your care. Learn how you can stay in control of your care options, maintain your dignity, and protect the people you care about most by attending one of our upcoming live webinars. Sign up today at 525longtermcare.com. That's 525longtermcare.com. Are you confused about the best way to protect your family and savings? Get answers now by listening to Long-Term Care Radio with Brian Ott, certified long-term care planning specialist with 525 Advisors. All right, and welcome back. You just heard a couple ads there. I do have a class coming up, a long-term care um, uh, webinar coming up next Thursday. And again, that's going to kick off at 4 o'clock Mountain Time, 3 o'clock Pacific Time. And for those of you that are listening live on KOA Radio on Saturday morning, we do have a class today. Um, that's going to kick off at 9 o'clock your time. So you still have time to sign up for that. That's at 525longtermcare.com. Again, 525longtermcare.com. Just click on attend an event and we will send you a link. And the webinar is just a great way to kind of get all the basic information. And we're going to, um, you can answer, ask questions. Um, it is a live event. So again, Saturday morning, if you're early up listening on KOA, you're going to be able to uh, still grab today's 
webinar. And then next Thursday, um, we will have our next uh, final webinar for this month. And then we'll be rolling into May. And I'll have those up here pretty soon. So um, let's talk about some of the trends in the insurance industry. We're talking about the kind of trends for people receiving care and what's going on with the aging population. But I think one of the big things I want to talk about that we've noticed a trend in the insurance um, world is from the carriers, the products that they are actually designing. Now, we really have two distinct type of programs out there. We have the traditional plans and we have the asset-based plans. And I want to start by talking about some of the trends that we've seen over the um, really the last decade on the traditional plans. The traditional pay-as-you-go plans have really, you know, 1974 technically is when the first plans came out. They were technically just, you know, nursing home insurance is what they were because we didn't have all these other options back in the day. And they've evolved into what we call this long-term care, traditional long-term care insurance plans today that we have. And the biggest trend here is the number of companies who have exited the market. Um, At the turn of the century, around 2000, we had about 120 companies, give or take, that were selling traditional pay-as-you-go plans. So again, when I say traditional pay-as-you-go, this just means you pay your annual premium or monthly premium, and you've you've got the insurance, but if you don't use it, there's really not any other benefit to it. It's just pure insurance, and these are the plans that most people have up until this point. Um, So we've gone from um, 120-plus companies down to less than 10 today that we can work with. And a couple of these are fraternal organizations that are, you know, they just sell only to their members. So they're not technically a public company that's offering this insurance. Um, We've seen a lot of these companies that are left remove some of the features. Like one of the biggest things that disappeared was lifetime benefits. That used to be very common. In fact, almost all the carriers offered lifetime benefits, which meant that once you triggered a claim, you would receive benefits for as long as you needed it. That was an option that you could get. And then quietly after Genworth did a big study, they realized that people with lifetime benefits pulled a lot more money out of their plans. They tended to turn them on earlier. And then with the growing number of cognitive cases, the companies quietly started getting away from lifetime benefits until we got to the point where we had no companies offering lifetime benefits. And today we have one company that has brought back the lifetime benefits. Um, limited pay used to be a common um, way to fund even, even a traditional plan, meaning that you could make 10 annual payments, you could make 20 annual payments. Um, you had some variation that you could pay into these plans so you didn't have to continue payments. Well, again, most of the companies got away from that. Today, I have two carriers that offer a 10 pay, and I have one carrier that offers a lump sum, and that's really just carved out for C corporations. It doesn't make sense for private individuals. So we've started to see that trend has been just very, the companies that are left have just gone to the basic pay-as-you-go model. It's what they call a continuous pay. You will pay premiums until you go on claim. And then we had rate increases. This is probably one of the scariest trends out there. So, so many of these policies that were written back in 2000, uh, 1990s, they've all had rate increases. And the reason why is because of interest rates. That's the number one reason. What happened when you are putting insurance together, they're cash reserve companies. You write that check, they're going out and buying government treasuries to keep that cash in reserves to pay the claims in the future. And so they're earning interest on whatever the government is paying back out. Well, those rates have gone from you know seven eight percent down to one point seven percent at the end of last year. So that's been a very big hit for the insurance companies, and probably the main driving force why so many companies have exited the traditional long term care insurance world out there. Um, the other things that have really caused this too is higher costs. Again, because people are living longer, what actuarially it's you know when we're looking at the science, they say, well, this is how many people out of a group of a million will go on claim. This is going to be kind of the average cost that what they'll pull out. They don't know which individual is going to pull out what, but they can just study and get an idea. Well, those numbers started to really go up again because people are living longer. We are living through things that would have maybe killed us twenty years ago. There's new medications. There's new technology. But we, even though we're live, we're still in need of care. So that has pushed up the claims for long-term care. And we've also seen that, that from 2000, the average payout from three years go up to four years from a traditional insurance company. So that has grown that up. And then I think the other trend that's really driving the cost up is, again, because of life expectancy. People are living longer, which means they're more likely to go into a long-term care situation, which means the claims are going to be higher. So all of those combined, you've really seen rates increase on those traditional policies. 
So it's been a rough decade for the traditional long-term care insurance. I, I, I won't you know, lie to you about that. But we have seen some positive changes you know, as well over the last few years especially. Um, the return of lifetime benefit programs, again, so I do have a carrier that has a lifetime benefit plan. We've seen expansion of the state partnership program, which gives you that secondary layer of insurance. I talked about this on the radio a couple weeks ago. If you run out of your long-term care insurance, you get some extra protection with the state partnership rules, which means you can protect money from Medicaid spend down. So we've seen almost all the states adopt state partnership programs now, and most of them reciprocate. So if you live in Colorado, you can move to Arizona, vice versa, and that policy would still work the same way. Um, Probably the biggest trend in long-term care planning that um, we've seen in the last decade, really since 2010, has been the continued rollout of these new asset-based programs. These are the programs that pay you back um, if you never use them, and they have several advantages over traditional plans. In, In number one, there's great different ways to fund these plans. You can do it in a single lump sum. You can do limited pay versus a continuous pay, which what that simply means is you could have 10 payments and then the plan is all paid up. You can have it paid up in five payments or 20 payments. Each carrier is a little bit different on what they offer, or you could do a combination of them. You can do a 1035 exchange, which means you can exchange value in an existing life insurance policy or in an existing annuity into a long-term care contract and any gain that you have in your existing policy can be taken out tax-free. So that is something that has just been a wonderful, wonderful addition. And I've actually got a client of the week this week that we're going to talk about um, how we set up a long-term care plan using an existing annuity and a 1035 exchange. So you want to stick around for that at the bottom of the hour. And we've also had some funding options with retirement accounts, meaning we can take lump sum out of retirement accounts and spread taxes out over a period of time, usually 10 years. And so we've got a lot of advantages with the asset-based plans in the way that we can fund those. We've also seen several more companies move into this space, into this asset-based space, and they see this as a great opportunity. In fact, the biggest trend in long-term care insurance, quite frankly, is asset-based long-term care plans. That accounts for about 80% of the new premium dollars that are going into these plans. And there's several reasons for this, and none more important than the fact that asset-based plans will pay you back if you never use them. So people are very attracted to that. Now, other standout features also make them popular, but, um, you know, finite amount of money going into your plan, meaning that you can budget. I'm going to put, you know, $10,000 a year for 10 years, and then my plan is fully paid up so you know how much you're paying versus a continuous pay. If you live to 100, you're still, you know, making those payments if you never triggered a claim. Um, liquidity or access to the cash value of the, of the policy. That's another big advantage of these asset-based plans. You can put the money into the plan, but if you need some of the money, a lot of them will allow you access to the cash value in there. We also have different ways that they're going to pay you reimbursement versus indemnity. Indemnity is just a fancy word for cash. Meaning once you go on claim, they're just going to give you the full benefit in cash. You don't have to turn in receipts. I don't have any traditional plans that will do that, but we do have that on the asset base. Um, and the tax, you know, free benefits are are still there regardless of how you get that money back. And the other nice thing about asset-based plans is that they are guaranteed leverage right out of the gate. So for those people that were going to self-insure, it's still your money. You're moving it from one pocket to another pocket, but now you have leverage and you get the tax advantages and it's all guaranteed. So they're just a better option than self-insuring. And so I think that's why we're seeing that trend move to people that traditionally maybe were told they have enough assets to pay their own way in long-term care, see the advantages with the concierge service, the tax advantages, the guaranteed leverage, and the fact that they can get their money back if they don't use them. Now, a word of caution on this, and I'll talk about this in more detail during another show. There's a lot of options out there that are coming out using life insurance with chronic care riders that aren't really long-term care. So you need to be very aware of this. Chronic care riders are different than long-term care insurance. They cannot be sold as long-term care insurance, but they often are. And this is a very Um, fast-growing trend. And part of the reason is the insurance agent does not have to be licensed in long-term care to sell a 101G rider. And so they technically have to tell you that it's not long-term care insurance, but they present it as a way to use it for long-term care insurance. And it's very misleading. That's just really the bottom line on that. So we're going to take a quick break, but stick around because when I come back, I'm going to introduce you to Joan who is our client of the week. I'm going to show you how we set up an asset-based plan using an existing asset that she had through what we call a 1035 exchange. We'll be right back. 
Long-Term Care Radio with Brian Ott, providing valuable insight to protect you in the event of an extended health care situation. Learn more by attending one of Brian's free live webinar classes this month. Sign up now at 525longtermcare.com. 525longtermcare.com. Staying in control of your care options is a better alternative than letting the government decide for you. Welcome back to Long-Term Care Radio with Brian Ott, Certified Long-Term Care Planning Specialist with 525 Advisors. Hey, and welcome back, and thanks for tuning in to Long-Term Care Radio. If you are new to Long-Term Care Radio, we are on several radio stations uh, throughout the West Coast and the Rocky Mountains, um, On usually on Saturdays. I do have one station that plays this Sunday afternoon, and then we always have our podcast. And it's just an educational show. We're going to come in and talk about some of the things you need to be aware of and start thinking about the biggest risks that we all face in our retirement years, and that's an extended health care situation, what we call long-term care. So um, today we're talking about some of the trends and the different things that we need to be aware of, what we're seeing out there. And at the bottom of the hour when we do these shows, I always bring to you what we call our client of the week. And this is just how we help somebody put a long-term care plan in place. And we work a little bit differently. We're not going to send out quotes, but we start with the education. That's through our webinars. So that's why you're going to hear the ads and hear me talking about come to one of those, learn what the basics are, what it is, what it pays for. And then when you're ready to sit down with us, we're going to just you know have that conversation and try to figure out what's the best option out there that makes sense for your situation, and then what's the best way to fund it. And this week, I have Joan, who is 67 years old. She is a retired nurse mother of two in good shape. She lost her husband after a five-year battle with cancer, and she was the primary caregiver. Um, and she really wanted to look into long-term care insurance. She wanted to do this years ago, but you know her, her husband felt that they had enough money. And then he got sick, and she said, basically, we just put it on the back burner. I didn't even really think about it. But now that he's passed away, she's worried about what happens to her if her health is compromised. And obviously, from being a caregiver, you know, she's lived it. She's seen it. So her biggest concerns, running out of money and ending up on Medicaid. So again, as a nurse, she saw many families do that. And she said it's just horrible, and she does not want to be in the system or have government dictating you know, where you're going to get your care and the level of care. And I don't think people realize that, but that's what they do. And so she just wants to avoid the Medicaid system at all costs. That was her number one concern. Number two, having the kids have to give up their lives to take care of her. And again, she said that's what she basically did for her husband, but she said she doesn't want her kids to have to do that. After being a caregiver for her husband, she realizes you know, it's it's a lot of time. And, and again, what we talk about physically, emotionally, she's tired and she just doesn't want that burden to be passed on to her kids. So when we were talking to Joan, this is what we found out about her. She currently is living off her Social Security income and she has a pension and she's comfortable. She said, yeah, that's, you know, majority of basically what she's she needs to get through, um, you know, on a month to month basis. And she saves a little bit of money out of that. She has a small retirement account. She has a deferred annuity. And again, a deferred annuity is money that was put into the annuity that's just growing. You're deferring it in, in the taxes and the growth and all that's deferred as well, too. So it's just value money that, you know, savings plan that's growing over time, basically. She has some small savings, just cash savings. Her home is paid for. And she would really like to age in place. She said, you know, she's you know, doing pretty well right now at 67. She's healthy. She's hoping she can stay in her house another 20 plus years. And that's just really what she's, she's aiming for. I'd like to age in place if I can. So that was one of her goals. Her health is good. It's not perfect, but she's in good shape. I think more or less any, some of the issues she has right now is just the fact that, you know, she gave up her life to be a caregiver this last five years and it had a big physical and emotional drain on her. But actually, you know, she still had plenty of options for long-term care. So she should be, you know, hopefully start feeling better physically as well too here shortly. So here's what she wants from a plan. Joan said she wants to make sure that she does not run out of money and she doesn't end up on Medicaid first and foremost. She has whittled down a good bit of their assets taking care of her husband. So that was, you know, one of the things. When he he finally passed away, she got his Social Security, which was higher. But she said they did make a dent in their savings while she was taking care of him because it did go on for quite a while and there were a lot of medical bills. So she you know, really wants to protect what assets she has left. 
She wants a plan that will allow her to bring caregivers into her home and pay them so that she doesn't have to go to an assisted living facility or a nursing home. She realizes that she might end up having to go to one of those places anyway, but ideally she would like to start her journey and stay at home if she can, so she wants a plan that is comprehensive and pays for care you know, in home as well as in a facility. And she likes the idea of the money that she puts into the plan going back to her family, back to the estate. So again, that was really kind of what attracted her. She, At 67, you can set up a traditional pay-as-you-go plan, but she does have some assets. And she thought, well, if I can reposition some of these assets and that money goes back to my estate, I would rather go that route. So here's what we did for Joan. First off, we needed to go with an asset-based plan because she really wanted a plan that paid her back, first and foremost. Now, we could do this by setting up a multi-pay plan, meaning she could set up five payments or 10 payments or even 20 payments, 20 guaranteed level payments. We could set up an asset-based plan that way. Um, Or we could use a retirement account to fund this. But again, at 67, she also has the option to let that retirement account grow for another five years. Right now, it's going to be six years by the time she retires, probably 73, before she'll have to take required minimum distributions. And so there was no point in in trying to set up, I mean, we could have set up a pay-as-you-go type of plan, but she would have probably had to pull money out of some, you know, some of her retirement account and pay taxes on it if we did that. But there was a better option for her. Um, Because if we take money out of a retirement account in a lump sum, she has to pay taxes on that over 10 years. And that would push her income up. But because she had that deferred annuity, Remember the deferred annuity, that's money that's just growing and increasing in value, but she doesn't have to claim that growth this year. It's, it's, that's why they say deferred. The gain is deferred, and so you're not paying tax on the gain like you are on a CD. So it works kind of like a retirement account that way. She had this deferred um, annuity that was just sitting there. She was letting that go. Now, under the pension protection plan, which went into effect in 2010, that is one of the things that we're able to do now. We're able to take money that's in a deferred annuity and transfer that into a long-term care plan. And now we can get that money out tax-free. All of the growth in the annuity can come out tax-free. I can't do this with a retirement account, but I can do it with an annuity or a deferred annuity. So That's really what we wanted to look at right here. She had that annuity, so I said, let's talk about that. Let's look at it, and let's see what that will do for you. So Joan has this deferred annuity. So they made just a lump sum deposit of $75,000 over 15 years ago. The value of that annuity today, her surrender value, her cash value in that annuity is $177,000. So I said, look, you know, statistically, most of these annuities just sit there because I ask her, what are you doing with it? She goes, well, it's just kind of my rainy day fund. So it has no tax bearing on her at all right now. But as soon as she starts taking money out on that, she's going to pay tax on the first $102,000 that she ta- takes out. She's going to pay income tax on it because she put 75000 in. She's got one hundred and seventy-seven, so she's got $102,000 of growth. And on those deferred annuities, when you go to take that money out, you got to take the gain out first and pay income tax on it. So she'll pay tax for the first $102,000 is withdrawn. And then the last $75,000 is just a return of her principal. So that part would be tax-free, but they always tax you, you know, um, last in is the first out was what they call it. So she would pay tax. And so a lot of those annuities just sit there and sit there and sit there and sit there and they keep growing in value and there's no tax consequences. And then when they pass away, the people just pass them on to the estate. And then the estate ends up paying tax on all of the gain. So what I told her, I said, look, because of the Pension Protection Act, we can take that money out and roll it into a long-term care plan. You can pull out that $102,000 in gain tax-free. So that whole $177,000 comes out tax-free. But it gets even better than this. And this is what we did for. We took that $177,000 and we deposited it with the insurance company through what we call a 1035 exchange. So again, we got her approved, and then we had the insurance company reach out to the company that held her annuity, the other insurance company, and said, please transfer that total amount back over to us. That's a 1035 exchange. Now, this gave Joan, she took that 177. Remember, her cost on it was 75000 That's all they had put into that annuity. So took that $75,000 original cost. It grew to one seventy seven. That's what we deposited with the insurance company. 
But that gave her $540,000 of long-term care insurance day one with a monthly benefit of $7,510. So we basically just tripled the amount of money that she had in her annuity overnight by transferring it through a 1035 exchange into an asset-based long-term care plan. Now, the chassis on her new program is still a deferred annuity. It's just basically, it's still earning interest. But what they do is they take some of that interest that she earns and they buy insurance inside the contract, which again is a tax-free event. It didn't used to be prior to 2010. So think about it. If you went and put money in a CD and you earned $5,000 of interest and then you took that $5,000 and you paid it to a traditional insurance company for $5,000 for a premium, well, you would still have to pay tax on that $5,000 of interest that you earn every year. Well, under the Pension Protection Act, they said we can earn interest inside this annuity. We can take interest and use it to buy long-term care insurance. That is a tax-free event. Folks, this is a home run because essentially what it does is it takes that lump sum of money that she had and it triples it. So here's basically what happened. We took that. She has six years of coverage, which means that if she pulls out the maximum amount every month, that policy is going to last her a minimum of six years. If she's only pulling out half of her monthly benefit, then that long-term care benefit is going to last her 12 years. So the money doesn't expire. She starts with $540,000. But here's the thing. Currently, right now, this program is paying her 2.75% interest. The cost of her insurance is 0.9% inside that contract. So the net effect for her is that her policy, her cash value is growing by 1.8% tax deferred every single year. Now, for every dollar that this plan earns in interest, she earns $3 more of long-term care insurance. So let's just assume rates don't go up and they remain exactly the same, that 2.75% right now. And everybody's talking that rates are going up, but let's just assume they stay the same. Well, what happens 15 years down the road is her $177,000 of cash value, that's how much she would get if she surrenders her, her, her contract, has grown to $232,000. Her long-term care benefit, the bucket of money that she has, has grown from $540,000 day one to $697,000. And again, this is just 15 years down the road. And her monthly long-term care benefit has grown to $9,679, up from $7,510. So because of her age, again, she's 67 years old, the cost of insurance is a lot less than the insurance inside this contract. So as her value grows, so does her long-term care benefit. It's just kind of a built-in inflation rider. And what you need to understand about this program is it's got a lot of other really cool features, like number one, zero-day waiting for home and community care. So remember, she wants to get long-term care services at home. Well, if she has a stroke or she's hit by a car or she develops a sudden illness and she needs long-term care services, she can start pulling out her monthly benefit day one without any waiting period. She doesn't have to go through that elimination period. She has access to the cash value in her plan, and what that simply means is that if she gets to a situation where she needs you know, $10,000 or $15,000 to replace the roof, she can pull it out of this contract. After year one, she can pull 10% of the contract value out without any penalty at all. Now, it's going to lower the long-term care bucket. For every dollar she takes out, she would reduce her long-term care benefit by $3, but she would not cancel the plan at all. So it gives her a little bit of flexibility. Most people don't go access the cash value, but just it's nice to know that she could. And if she changes her mind, you know, she can go get 100% of that cash value back too after year 10. There's going to be some surrender charges the first few years. But when I look at this contract, the table on this, she puts in 177 at year um, five. If she just goes and cancels this policy, she's going to get $184,000 back because it's earned, you know, that much more interest. So she's in really good shape as far as flexibility, meaning that I can reposition this asset that I have. If something changes, I can go get that money back, or if I need a little bit, I can get it back. But as long as I leave it there, I've got $3 tax-free for every dollar that I put into my plan, and it's a growing benefit. So that's just what's really nice. And if she passes away without using her plan, the entire contract value, that cash value, she put in the 177, whatever that's grown to. So again, at 15 years, it's 232,000. That 232 would be paid back to the estate. So she's never going to lose a dime on this contract. That's what's just wonderful about this. And think about what this did for her. 
She literally, I mean, jo- Joan is sitting there. She sees this. She just was a caregiver for her husband. She understands. She's a nurse. She sees people on Medicaid. She goes, I don't want to end up on Medicaid. I have a finite amount of money. She just took $177,000 and tripled the value. The value of it's going to continue to grow. There's zero tax consequences for her. She ends up in long-term care. She's, I mean, when we look at this down the road, we go back out to that 15-year period. I mean, you go out to 20 years. She's got $763,000 of long-term care insurance that really cost her that initial deposit of $75,000 back in the day when she bought that deferred annuity. And all of that difference, all that growth comes out tax-free. That's what the Pension Protection Act did. So it's just a really, really wonderful program. I mean, I get really amped up on these plans because I just, I, I tell you folks, there is a better way to get a plan than self-insure. And think about this, win, lose, or draw. If she lives a nice long life, she actually is going to get more money back than she put into her contract. If she loses and ends up in long-term care, she just tripled the amount of savings that she had in that annuity. And for whatever reason, if she needs her money back or she needs part of that money back, she has access to that cash value. And so that is what we, why we see this trend towards asset-based long-term care plans. It's just because it's a better way to self-insure the tax advantages, the guaranteed leverage, the access to the professionals, the claim support. It's just a wonderful program. So I just really love doing these. So uh, stick around. I'm going to take a quick break. And when we come back, um, I want to talk a little bit more in our last segment about some things you need to be aware of when we're looking forward into the future on long-term care planning. We'll be right back. New asset-based programs protect your savings and your family and even pay you back if you never use them. Make sure your care is funded and managed in a time of need. Learn more and sign up for one of Brian's free live webinar classes at 525longtermcare.com. As we age, we can't always plan on good health, but you can plan long-term care coverage to give peace of mind to you and your family. It's Dory Monson. A great way to learn about long-term care is to join my friends from 525 Advisors for the next free long-term care planning live webinar. Go to 525longtermcare.com and sign up. You'll learn so much. 525 Advisors will explain how long-term care works, what the coverage pays for, and you'll discover all the new options and different ways to fund a plan. Then, when you're ready, 525 Advisors will design a custom plan with you, like they did for my wife and me. Our plan even has lifetime benefits that pay us back if we never use it. I love how much time they spent with us, and it's not just me. Read the reviews. People love working with Brian and Madeline at 525 Advisors. So, get the great peace of mind long-term care coverage gives you. Go to 525longtermcare.com and sign up now for the next free live webinar. That's 525longtermcare.com, 525longtermcare.com. Do you know that 7 out of 10 people past the age of 65 need at some point some sort of long-term care? That's 70%. Now, many of us think it could never happen to us or somebody else is going to be there to take care of us, but the facts are clear. Most of us will need to pay for help in the future. And not only is that help expensive, but it puts a burden on family members as well. If you've never looked at long-term care insurance because you didn't know where to start, start today with 525 Advisors. Recent changes to the Pension Protection Act have made new programs more advantageous than ever. How would you like to get your premiums back if you never use your long-term care insurance? Well, you can. How would you like to leverage some of your savings for increased coverage using tax-free dollars? Now you can. 525 Advisors are the local long-term care experts. Protect yourself and your family members from the high cost of extended health care. Go to 525longtermcare.com. Sign up for the next free long-term care live webinar with Brian Ott. Go to 525longtermcare.com. This is Long-Term Care Radio with Brian Ott. Listen and learn information from a certified long-term care planning specialist. You can email your questions to radio at 525advisors.com. All right, I'm back. Thanks for sticking around with us today on Long-Term Care Radio. You know, uh, before we go any further, I want to give a special shout out to um, really kind of some of my original listeners on Cairo Radio out in Seattle, Washington. Um, I actually started on a sister station out there, Long-Term Care Radio, about six years ago, seven years ago. I can't even remember how long it's been, um, for a few months. And then I went over to Cairo, and they were just fantastic. And we actually pulled off of that station in August of um, 2021 
because in Washington State, remember, they passed that law and people were trying to get long-term care insurance so they didn't have to pay that new payroll tax. Well, what happened is the because of the flaws in the way the law was written, people could take out a minimum plan, turn around and just cancel it, get their money back and get out of the tax. And so the carrier saw right through that and they pulled out of the state of Washington. So we lost the vast majority of our carriers last year um, being able to write business in Washington state. We can still write the business in other states, just not in, in Washington. So we kind of pulled back our marketing efforts on that side on Cairo Radio, but they were, you know, by far um, just fantastic. And so we work with Dory Monson over there, and we're just welcome to be back uh, with Dory and uh, excited. He's a client of ours. So welcome back, Seattle. And I will tell you, for all those listeners out in Colorado, I mean, it's a lesson to be learned. All the states, and Colorado is one of them, that are looking at putting in payroll taxes on people that are working to try to set up a state-mandated long-term care plan. And the plan that came out in Washington State, as you well know, it was $100 a day for a year. You needed three ADLs to trigger it instead of two. And it was just really a joke. You had to be paying into the thing for 10 years before you got vested. And if you move out of the state, it wasn't any good. So the way out of that was if you were self-employed or if you had your own long-term care insurance. And so that's why people that have long-term care insurance, like I do, and you know, so many, all of our clients, we didn't have to worry about that tax. We didn't have to worry. And I guarantee you that tax is going up. They, we have a family leave tax in Washington state that just went up by 50%. And again, they always tell you, Oh, it's no big deal. It's just, you know, a few pennies on a dollar or whatever, da, 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 da. And then a few years later, right down the road, it's just like tolls. Then it starts doubling and tripling. So, um, but anyway, welcome back to Cairo radio. I'm glad to be on the air. We've been on there for a couple of weeks now, and uh, hopefully we'll be back and have a nice long run with them. So, uh, you know, before we go today, I just I want to spend a little bit more time just saying, hey, what are some of the trends that you need to be aware of uh, when we're, we're looking at long term care? What are some of the trends? And I will tell you, number one, costs are going up for care, plain and simple. It's, it's getting and it's going to probably outpace inflation. So for a lot of people, you just really have to understand that that is going to be a significant amount of your nest egg if you end up in a long term care situation. Um, what we're seeing there is there's fewer workers out there compared to where it used to be, and there's more demand, more people needing those long-term care services. And so that is just a real issue out there. And um, government programs are, are you know, they're going to continue to be developed to bail out the people with no assets, and that's exactly what the state of Washington's program did. It was a payroll tax on everybody. But it was really just designed to bail out the poorest of the poor. And a lot of those people would never even pay in a fraction of the $36,000 that they could get back. Yet, you know, you've got people that are making high incomes that are going to pay more in that in taxes in just a couple of years. So you're going to see government programs continue to do that. And you just have to be very aware of that. If you do not have long-term care insurance and these states are starting to come up with these plans, you know, California's talking about it right now. Now, California, they're being a little bit quiet. They're being a little bit tight-lipped, but rumor has it that they might not even give you an option to opt out, which would just be a disaster because then it's just going to be another tax on top of tax on top of tax. So that's one of the things that you just have to be aware of, that that's a trend that we're going to continue to see. Um, another advantage, though, of having long-term care insurance, too, is that, you know, facilities and care agencies are getting a lot more selective as who they will take as clients. And they're starting to put some demands down. And I was talking to a manager at a very large assisted living facility. And she said, look, honestly, one of the things we do on the intake form is we ask them about long-term care insurance. And if they have it, we put a little check by their name, a little, you know, that's a preferred person on our waiting list because they know they're going to get paid. And they said, you can have $10 million in the bank, but then we're still dealing with a power of attorney or how we're going to get paid if you have a cognitive issue and you're not managing your finances. And so what they've learned the hard way is that people with long-term care insurance, they're easier. it's easier way to get that money because, again, they're just dealing directly with the insurance company. They say, yep, here's the, here's the bill for Brian, and the insurance company sends that money back up to the policy. So you're starting to see a little bit better preferred treatment for assisted living facilities and even for home health care agencies because, again, they're looking at saying, well, how are we going to get paid? Well, I think we have enough money to pay this versus, oh, I have a long-term care insurance policy that's going to give me, you know, X amount of dollars a month for X amount of years. They're going to perf- they're going to like that. And another trend that we're starting to see out there, too, when we're saying the costs are going up, you have to understand for you paying 
that a lot of the agencies are saying, you've got to have minimum hours before we will start working for you. Like my mom was just telling me, she was talking to an agency. They said, you have got to hire us for a minimum of 35 hours a week. We will not take somebody on that needs 20 hours a week. And so we're starting to see that. And the main reason why is because of scheduling the people know that they, you know, it's supply and demand. And I think that trend is going to be around for quite a while. I think it got asked, um, you know, I, I think it got, well, I just think it kind of blew up, um, COVID, because what it did is it pushed a lot of people that were caregivers out of that industry. They said, I don't want to take the risk. It's too hard. I don't want to go in and do that. So again, that put, you know, the, there wasn't an overabundance of caregivers. And so that's really made these agencies you know, scramble trying to find workers. And so now what they're simply doing is saying, we're not going to drive 10 miles out to your house for, you know, an hour a day where you've got to hire us for 35 hours. And so they can, they can kind of book, you know, those people and keep everybody on the calendar. So having a plan will just, you know, give you access. And I will tell you that long-term care moving forward is not a money issue. It's an access issue. And so long-term care is going to help you get access to the team of professionals, access to that level of care, and it's going to save you a lot of stress and heartache and taxes along the way too. So sign up for our upcoming class. It's uh, next Thursday, the 21st is our final one for April. And again, that's a four o'clock kickoff uh, mountain time and it's a 3 p.m. kickoff West Coast time. I will have the classes up for May on the calendar here, probably the middle of next week. We're going to continue to do this. And again, you can go to our website at 525longtermcare.com. Click on attend an event. That will get you the link to the class. You can also just go through some of the examples and look at the information on that website. We got a lot of information there. And then when you're ready, we'll be glad to sit down with you, find out if a plan makes sense for you, number one. And number two, what's the best way to fund that plan for you and for your situation? So thanks for spending some time with me this weekend. We'll be back next week. You've been listening to Long-Term Care Radio with certified long-term care planning specialist, Brian Ott. You can download and subscribe to the podcast at 525longtermcare.com and learn about all the long-term care planning options available. If you have questions for Brian or would like information about any of his upcoming long-term care webinars, go to 525longtermcare.com. Be sure to join us next weekend for another edition of Long-Term Care Radio with Brian Ott. For information, show schedules, and podcasts, go to 525longtermcare.com. Hey, it's Story Monson. Welcome back, my friends, Brian and Madeline from 525 Advisors. They took a break last year due to that debacle created by the Washington State CARES Act, you know, the payroll tax on employees for forced long-term care that was basically worthless. The law was so poorly written and created such a mess, most insurance carriers temporarily quit offering plans in the state. But 525 Advisors is back, ready to help protect your family and savings with the best long-term care plans available. They did for my wife and me, and we couldn't be happier. I know everything we worked hard for won't be whittled down paying for long-term care. And most importantly, our girls are protected from the burden of having to care for us. And a great bonus, our plan pays us back if we never use it. So learn about all kinds of important long-term care information and join Brian this Saturday at 10 for Long-Term Care Radio here on 97.3 Cairo FM. Check out his upcoming live webinar schedule, too, at 525longtermcare.com, 525longtermcare.com.